On Monday, racing lost one of its own. Rest in peace, Dean Holland. We've heard from so many in the industry throughout the week um, touch on Dean Holland. Our friends at SEN, Miles Fitzner, spoke so eloquently. Nigel Carmody from Racing.com. It's hard for me to do what's surpassed uh, any justice, but on behalf of Betfair, our thoughts go out to everyone involved, everyone who's known Dean, anyone who's crossed paths with Dean. It's such a sad time, and our thoughts go out to Hayden Kelly, his jockey manager, his wife Lucy, the four kids, everyone who has crossed paths with Dean, everyone in the racing industry, McAvoy's, Tony and Calvin, to friends and family, our thoughts go out to you. To the jockeys, how brave you are. It's an incredible feat to continue riding after what we've seen. Jump on a horse and to do what you do day to day. Um, bravery, it's incredible. The news has rocked so many and Betfair Australia are thinking of all of you in these tough times. I welcome in Reese Goodwin, trainer who is well and truly part of the industry. Um, tough week, no doubt the news during the week has affected everyone, but um, how has it affected you personally? Yeah, it's been really tough. Um, obviously a terribly sad week um, and day on Monday, losing Dean Holland, someone who I had a little bit to do with um, throughout my short training career. We'd had a little bit of success together. Um, he'd only just recently ran second on a horse for me at Sandown and he was booked to ride that horse again this week. So I'm hoping that horse can run well um, for Dean and everyone. But yeah, a tough pill to swallow for everyone involved, the whole industry. Um, with Dean's loss, um, he was a terrific bloke. Um, you didn't have to know him long to know that he was just a lovely fella. Um, and it's just a really sad day. So feeling for his family, hope they're doing well. Um, everyone's been able to rally around as a community and, and um, contribute in the GoFundMe, which is now up over a million dollars, which is just tremendous to think about. Um, obviously we can't bring Dean back, but the best we can do now is just support his loved ones and his family. And it's just great that we've been able to set up this GoFundMe page and there's been so much support. Well said. Um, Tony and Calvin McAvoy obviously will be feeling the effects of what's happened. I spoke to Cliff Brown during the week, horse trainer, he highlighted to me how, and I probably hadn't crossed my mind about the trainer of the horse um, as well and, and how tough they would be doing it. So it has a broad reach how much this affects people. Yeah, look, it's it's fortunate for me. I haven't been in that position, but no doubt it would be very tough for Tony and Calvin um, for Dean to have fallen on their horse. And of course, he had an enormous part in their success of recent. Um, he was in there most mornings riding track work trials. He's had stacks of race rides for them. So no doubt... Unfortunately, they would feel they had some type of part with it, although it was out of their hands. Um, so it was just a real tough pill for everyone to swallow. But obviously those that were there on the day, um, it would have been even harder to, to comprehend. So um, hopefully everyone is in good spirits. Um, and we just have to remember Dean for how terrific um, of a bloke he was. And um, yeah, just remember him. Rest in peace, Dean Holland. On behalf of Betfair Australia, our thoughts go out to everyone, the family, uh, jockey manager, trainers, jockeys in general. Our thoughts are with you. Thanks to Betfair Australia. Hello and welcome to Layback with Betfair. My name's Nick Foote, your host for today. Joined by the A-Team, we're back. Reese Goodwin, the Prince of Pakenham and the Baron of Betfair himself, Tommy Haylock. We've had a week hiatus, boys, a little bit of a freshen. 
Uh, Reese, I'll start with you, mate. How are you feeling after the freshen? I've, I feel good. I, I perform well off a freshen, I reckon. If you had stats on me, I'd be a good first upper, I reckon. Oh, uh, I'm work? certainly not a stayer, so fresh off a sprint, I reckon, would go good. So, yeah, good to be back. Good to have you two boys join me back again. Uh, it's good to have the originals back and uh, looking forward to the weeks of racing. Love it. And Tommy Haylock, you said you don't get out of bed for Hawkesbury, so you've enjoyed the week off, mate. Um, hopefully you've got some winners for us this week. How are you going? Hopefully. You weren't good on debut, so hopefully deep, I thought deeper in the prep would be good for you. You... I think the trainer's still trying to work me out. <laughs> oh, one of those really, blinkers. yeah. There's there've probably been twenty gear changes by now. Might need the ultimate one, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, no comment there. Um, Hawkesbury, I actually did all right last week. So shame we didn't have a show, but I was on my Classic. deathbed. You just to knew be honest, say that. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> was, even if I had a stinker, I would have said that. So that's why. Um, great to be back again, mate. It's yeah. great to have the A team here. Mm. Brilliant, boys. Well, we got a huge show today because for the first time, I think in layback history, we're actually going to preview races across three tracks. We've got Group One racing with the Australasian Oaks at Morfittville. We have a couple of uh, listed races at Sandown to look at and also three races at Rose Hill Gardens. But before we get into all that stuff, let's head into the lay-bin, which is the premier segment on Layback with Betfair. And uh, Tommy, what have you got for us this week, mate? You, I like to send you in early to uh, send us in at the top of the order for the lay-bin. I've had a fortnight to think about this. Have you got anything for us? No, I, I think oh. I need to give... No, but I think I need to give my time to Nick because I think he's going to take a bit of time. I know, I'm so, reading the run sheet. I'm being kind worried, here. But, I'm being kind here. I may um, as well give my opportunity to Nick because I think he needs it. <laughs> AFL captains, in particular James Sicily, Labin. Um, he's come out and said regarding moving to Tasmania and potentially a new team there. He's come out and said in the media, there's not much happening down there. It could be difficult. I couldn't imagine myself living there. Now, who is Hawthorne's major sponsor? Tasmania, the government. So, James, you've just potted your major sponsor, Tasmania. That's not smart, is it? You can't make that stuff I, up. I listened to this on the way down here. Get he, in the he, he lined him up. Get he, he softened him up and lined him up. Poor James. He was just honestly speaking about himself and his situation. He's been... Get the, in the, the lay you know, the, pre, the Premier of um, Tasmania has get, sunk the boots in on Twitter. Good. Yeah. Good. It's, there's a fair bit going on here. He's yeah. had to come out and apologise. That's pretty dumb. Surely, that is dumb. You don't pot your major sponsor. That's like him coming and saying pot and bet fair. Um, <laughs> do you want me to continue or shall I let you go? I've got oh, no, I was just going to say, being a proud Tasmanian, I spent the first 23 years of my life in Hobart and there's plenty going on in Hobart. I absolutely like, love Tasmania. Yeah, what's, what's Beautiful happening? food and art scene. Yeah. And once they build that new stadium, mate, you build it and they will come. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a very proud Tasmanian. So will that you be heading back? A bit hard. I will. I'll move back <laughs> yeah, to Tasmania at some stage in my will life. You? 100% I will. Beautiful it spot. It is a nice spot. I love Hobart. No nightlife for James Sicily, though, apparently. So, I'm not liking where this is going if Nick uh, has to umpire an Hawthorne game. <sighs> nah, it's not it. It's, I'm, I'm just defending my state. I just, I'm removing James from the whole conversation. Yeah. It's just this is a Tasmanian issue. I've I'm, got a couple I'm of others, but I want to hear it. you go first. Yeah, so I'm, I'm putting lack of leadership in the lay-bin <laughs> from our team here at Layback oh, with Betfair. Shiss. So I've just got a, a few bones to pick, I guess you could say. So, Tom, you're our Premier Four men here on the show. There's no doubt about it. But apparently you can't open a spreadsheet to put in the races that we're going to preview each week, no, which I've <laughs> taken upon myself to do uh, in my spare time. You've announced yourself for captains. Well, this is the captain's job. Well, look, Reese. Yep. I know you're our most capped member of the show. You haven't missed uh, an episode this season, but your time management skills have been deplorable throughout, that's, no, that's fair. throughout that's the series. Fair. Um, and when Very you have fair. come to meetings late, you haven't even worn a shirt. So um, you need to lift. Jules Valance, well, we just can't get him on the park. Uh, Miles Fitzner, well, he's 
he's too busy. I think he's doing a dual DJ set with Fisher at Live Golf, so we can't get him here. Rory filled in in the form chair last episode, and, and he actually had two phones, which is a big red flag. Never trust, <laughs> never trust anyone I with two phones. two phones. And and Carl, our producer, well, he's too busy trying to trying to reinvent the rules of Australian rules football and um, change the <laughs> deliberate rush behind. So within four episodes, boys, I've gone from a fill-in host to the spiritual leader oh, and captain of this operation. So you guys need to have a bit of a think about your performance and perhaps uh, just lift your game moving forward. Fair enough. Yep, I'll take that. Fair bump. Play on. See you guys, I'm off. <laughs> uh, how do we push on after that? To be fair, I just thought I was here to find winners. So yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. I got bumped from that chair to this chair. I'm doing my job. Um, oh, I've got a couple of others. Now, Mitch from Automation at Betfair's put Kiss Cam in the lay bin. Now, I don't know about Mitch, but it's my only chance to get some. So, uh, <laughs> he needs to speak for himself. <laughs> it's, hard when you, it's hard when you come up on Kiss Cam at the footy and you're seated by yourself, though, Tom. <laughs> that, that must be challenging. It just sums up my life. Um, and something came across my desk while I was on my way here. Um, Glenn Ingram, he's in a chat group. He's Betfair's own, a content provider at Betfair. He's a good mate of mine. He got invited to play golf down at Warrnambool next week, and he said, no, I'm getting a private plane to <laughs> Warrnambool on the Tuesday. I can't come. Now, wow. Glenn, wow. what happened to you? You're a man of the people. <laughs> I need to look down the camera. <laughs> getting a light aircraft, he described. <laughs> Get in the lane. I did not know finding winners off trials paid so much. I don't know. I am in the wrong. I'm doing the wrong job. That's I for know. sure. Betfair's paying him handsomely, <laughs> <expensively>, clearly. <laughs> Glen Ingram lay oh, I love it. Good addition, fellas, yeah, this is off great. the lay bin. Oh, I feel great. like we're off to Reese a fly. Up as usual. We're yeah, off to no, a fly. I'll yeah, Reese. that too, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm bring a positive shirt. person. How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> yeah. I don't knock anyone. <laughs> hey, enough of that. Let's move into the racing because we've got a little bit to cover and we are going to kick off the racing today at Morfittville Group 1 Racing there. Uh, rail is in the true position. It's currently a good four. I'm expecting that, Tommy. Is that is that sort of your thoughts around the track conditions for Saturday? Should be, yeah. One to six mil forecast Friday, which should be perfect. Perfect surface. Uh, no dual track this week, mate. No, that's a that's a pet hate and a bit of a lay bit of mine is these these dual dual track meets. But uh, yeah, it's a Group One meet, so let's have a let's have the course proper and the and the Group One track, my friend. Yeah, so I think the surface will be perfect. I think they'll fan wider and wider as the day goes on, which they usually do at Morfordville. So um, expecting a, a good track and good day of racing. Yeah, well, let's kick off proceedings in race number five, which is the Group Three Breeders Stakes for the two-year-olds over twelve hundred and. Richard and Chantel Jolly's talented sprinter, See You in Heaven, won this race last year. Now, the market has the Godolphin runner, Heuristic, as a race favourite, who won here last start over 1,100. Uh, Treasure Way on the second line of betting, who is just a walking bronze medal at the moment with five career starts for five thirds. And you've got uh, local Hope, Harley and Rose, the other at the top of the market for Gordon Richards and Damien Moyle. Tommy, the map is key here uh, to how this race unfolds. A few of these runners um, following... A similar path through an 1,100-metre race here a fortnight ago. That is true. Uh, causation looks the leader. Uh, Buck jumped on debut when sitting around a short price favourite at the start and got it to stride. Had to work up and hunt up along the inside to take up the running. Has natural speed. Expect it uh, to lead. Stupendous might be the one to s- slip in behind. Settle fourth in a jump out. Uh, drawn okay there from Barry Seven. Might just work across and settle in behind the speed. So I think they're the two. Uh... Do you want to go first, race before yeah, sure. I dive in? I'm pretty bullish about this race. Yeah, look, I think um, the favourite of Godolphins and 
Treasure Way probably got a handle on the on this. Um, mm. I'm going to go Treasure Way because so they, they sort of mix in between um, behind she's all shenanigans. Um, Treasure Way got a mile off them the other day at Sandown. Drawn one, I think Willow want to be somewhat more positive than what she's been. She's been drawn awkward. Um, I was on her at Sandown, so I was happy that she did run third because it was an old Nick Foot one by three play there. Um, so I was happy with that. Probably just going with the prices more than anything. I think I might even have a Quinella about those two um, at the top of the market. But I think Treasure Way with Willow going on from the inside draw, they can be a bit closer. And that might be the difference between her finally breaking through and winning a race. Might have a Tommy three play here. Um, I think the two favourites are too short, Heuristic and, Har- and Harley and Rose. Um, I, I want to be against that form line, to be honest. Heuristic had the perfect run in transit, peeled off, led us back. Harley and Rose still did a lot wrong and actually finished off on the same ground off uh, Heuristic up to this trip now, up to the 1,200 metres. You've also got uh, the other one that ties in um, in that race, Air Assault, actually ran the fastest final 200 metres of the race. So he looks better suited at the 1,200 than both of them. I know he's beaten a long way, but I can make a case that he lines up and measures up against those two. I want to be against that race completely. Tommy three play. I want to be with number five Treasure Way. She maps to be a bit closer potentially from Barrier One, as you said. Brings different forms. Super last start, charged late, ran the fastest final two hundred meters of the race, um, getting back from a wide barrier. Inside's that little query, mm. um, but has the twelve hundred meter grounding, which the others don't. Yep. Can win. Causation a dollar ninety on debut. Buck jumped. Had to do too much work. Straight here interests me. I can make a case for causation. Yeah. And then Stupendous is a filly that I really like the trial as well uh, at Murray Bridge. So I want to back both of those or all of those three and be against uh, Heuristic and Harley Rose, maybe Small Lay as well. Awesome. Five horses I was going to say, surely get some it's, type of result. It's a hamburger hey, with a lot. This could, this could, could stop be, his whole day. Could be a hamburger with I'm, a look, lot. I'm getting on the front foot and I'm keeping it simple here. I'm actually, I'm with the form line that you're against, Tom. I'm going to be backing Harley and Rose in this race. I thought Heuristic had the dream run last start, which yeah. you sort of prefaced as well when they met. And uh, Harley and Rose was very good in defeat, considering the leaders fell into his lap, had to come off heels, get going. I think the key difference here is Harley and Rose is drawn outside of Heuristic and will be able to bowl along on speed leader or just in the one one and likely keep the favorite on his inside third up uh off a fresh and set for this race will appreciate the 1200 meters he's double the price of heuristic and, and i think he can turn the tables so harley and rose um you know you're getting four four sixty four eighty around uh that sort of quote for that so it has to be closer than heuristic in the market. Hundred percent. Yeah. If you well, if you're following that form line, yeah. which I am, I can't get the two at that much of a, for, a, for a, a bit price of price discrepancy. Self interest. I hope you're right, Nick, because I had a little filly who debuted over in Adelaide, and she actually beat Harley and Rose and Air Assault out of that race. Okay. Chilled come out of that race and was narrowly beaten at Mornington Saturday, and I put her in the paddock. So I'm hoping I made the right move. And actually, Saraton Angel as well. Race seven, boys, is the listed Port Adelaide Cup. Over 2,500 metres. Uh, Craig Williams, your man, Reese, mm. won this race last year for Gay and Adrian on board Splendiferous. Uh, it's a very competitive-looking race this year. 16 acceptors. Long arm, clever man, and Captain Envious all share the top of the market around that five six dollar quote. Plenty of value to be had outside of that. Uh, Tommy, Super Girl, Dixie Whistler, Verimley—they all look to be the key speed influences in the race. How do you assess this one? Yeah, spot on. I reckon Verimley probably leads, kicks up from that inside barrier. Uh, Dixie Whistler rolls 
across from Barrier 13. Supergirl slots in somewhere behind them. They are the three speed factors, I agree. Very tricky race. I don't like staying races in general. It's got a long tail to it, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. You right? don't want to be strung up in traffic. I think there's value to be had, though, if you're mm. willing to shop outside those top ones in the market. There's a lot of value here. But the horses that are probably going to need their find, find their best again mm. in this race, which I might touch on later, Tommy, as well. That's the way I looked at it. I didn't like anything in this race, so I went looking for a bit of value. And I ended up with number 13, Smiling Assassin, off a 2,900-metre Oakbank win, uh, if you don't mind. Still showed a turn of foot at the end of 2900, which was interesting off a fast tempo. It was a really high-rating race. Drops to 54, gets Kayla Crowther on board. Positive jockey change, draws inside. Might be back, might need a bit of luck, but it's a huge price. You'll get 50s bet fair. I could entertain. The only query you go through, and Wolf Prince ran second in that Oakbank race, and it started 300s in a um, Adelaide Cup and got beaten by the ambulance. Um, and he's here too? He's right? here as well. He's 100 to 1, so I could actually... He'll probably be 300s bet mm. fair again. So I could have a couple of dollars on him and just hope that that might be a decent form line. And they're down in weight. I think uh, Wolf Prince drops seven kilos. The one I'm tipping, Smiling Assassin, drops five. So just to throw up the stumps at a couple of value, I'm not keen to really be involved. Um, I'm going to go Supergirl. I think this is probably just the form outside of the obvious. If Long Arms, sort of $5. Comfortably beaten two back. Um, at Bendigo in 84 grade, and then he did put them away in Adelaide last start, but Dixie Whistler and Sabona and that have been going around in some, fair to say, ordinary races over there in Adelaide. So if he's well on the market, this is a uh, this is a, a fairly thin race. Supergirl brings some different form, obviously well beaten by Deny Knowledge, but I think that race, that country, Oaks rated through the roof, didn't it? The winner of Mick yep. Kent's um, went out terribly hard and just ran them into the ground. Third up, I think the form from the Sydney run, Gin Martini, Pink Ivory, all those horses, I think um, ties in really well for a race like this. Going to go forward with Froggy on. No weight on her back. Um, she's got form up over this trip overseas. I think that's the different form line, and we're getting closer to double figures, so probably a one-by-three bet. And if Horrifying can get anywhere near his best, he's right in this, mm -hmm. but you'd have to put a line through the last run. You could say he maybe didn't handle the wet ground, but he'd handled it before, so that was probably a poor excuse. But thin race, so happy to be on Supergirl at an each-way price. Yep. I found this race really challenging, so I'm just going to have a small each way on Hustler War. I think the old boy for Sue Murphy's a sneaky chance here at a big price. You get around 18s for him on Betfair. He only raced the once in 2022, but his third up runs prior have seen him win races at 2,400 metres. He's run third in a Herbert Power mm. and third in a Geelong Cup. And I know it's been a little while between drinks, but he's running the Terrain Cup over 2,150 is a nice platform for this race to improve upon. So you don't have to have a lot on. Um, it's a very low risk, high reward bet. So Hustle Award each way for me in the Port Adelaide Cup, fellas. Uh, race number eight is the Group 3 Chairman Stakes. It's for the three-year-olds over 2,000 metres. Uh, Dallasan won the race in 2020. Uh, 2021 was Royal Mile. And 2022 Jungle Magnate won the race for Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. And they look to go back-to-back -back here with a smart gelding by So You Think called Loco. Um, Swazero brings a Group 1 ATC derby placing to the race as well for the Bussenden and Young camp. And... Uh, Ain't he grand for the Ma Eustace team also brings some strong Sydney form lines coming through that Group 2 Tullock Stakes and the Group 3 Packer Plate with former Osipenko and Pericles. I'm interested to know, Tommy, how you're assessing this one. Um, and I've got a question for you, Reese. I'll hold off. But, Tommy, I want to know how you're assessing this race first. I found it pretty tough, to be honest, mm. uh, mate. Uh, I see on the run sheet you guys are 
pretty bullish. I don't want to play your thunder. Red Sun sensation. Um, Pete Late had to work really hard to get into that race. Mm. Between the 400 and 200, was a really good split, fastest in the meeting, uh, which is impressive. You could visually see it too. Yes. It looked like he really let rip and then obviously too far off him and, and sort he of He just peaked. Yeah. So he ran the fastest, obviously he ran the fastest between the 400 and 200 of the day, fastest of the race, but his final 200 metres was only sixth fastest of the race. Mm. So the data says that he just peaked on his run as well. Um, but it still was the 10th fastest final 200 metres of meeting, so he's still ran okay. Just comparative to the race. He just, yeah, he just levelled out. Um, I query that he'll need this again. That's my query with him. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen him up in distance now off that, just hit the line a little bit better. Um, Loco ties in, obviously does so favourably. He's a horse with upside, gets blinkers on first time, which is interesting. You've got Swazero um, back in the Oz Derby, an absolute... Dawdle. That, that was the slowest run race I've ever seen. They went 14.4 lengths slower than class average. It's a real sprint home. To do what he did was fantastic. He's rock hard fit now. Uh, comes off a class race. He's going to be in a similar spot from one, maybe? Yeah, that's the query. Mm. Um, back to 2000 off a four-week break. Afterthought. And 80 ground has up, up, upside and blinkers back on. So I've found it a very messy race, boys. Mm. I, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned there about afterthought and yep. afterthought versus set plans. So you've got Swazero here who, as you mentioned, comes through the, the group one and then this is obviously just the horse is going well, is it a throw at the stumps? How do you assess this when doing the form and, and what's your take on it as well, Reese, as yeah. a trainer? Look, as afterthoughts are generally a bad idea, so to speak, um, they generally are because your first thought of mind is, you know, generally you want to have him peaking for one run. Mm. Um, but he's probably fortunate that it's a four-week gap and they've had time to get him home, see how he is, prep him sort of back up um, in a way. Uh, look, it's certainly going to be tough to do, but he's probably the right horse, probably down at the right camp too. Um, they have tough, tough bred horses that um, win races like this. So, yes, definitely an afterthought. I'd done it um, Hopkins that I'd made a best bet. He was a sort of set for a Cranbourne race and then, as an afterthought, I backed him up, which was three weeks in a row in a rich race at Geelong, and he still ran well, so I probably got away with that. But you just got to, you know, treat every horse differently and see how they come through it. But they're probably, with the travel from Sydney back to Melbourne, um, lucky they got the four weeks back in trip across to Adelaide. It's not easy to do, but um, it might work out okay for them. Mm -hmm. um, from a betting perspective, I think we're both, got, we're both siding with Red Sun Sensation. Uh, Reese, I just threw that loco race. Tom, you, you said it all in terms of that fastest four to the two. Um, look, I, I think, you know, big tick to 2000 for me. I think Craig Williams jumping on another big tick and I think he can run a big peak here. So I'm, um, and at 16, 17 bucks, mm. like when you're looking at loco through the same race, who's $2.70, uh, you can have a little bit on again. I think there's value to be had at Morfittville. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, with you there, footy, red sun, red run. Red Sun sensation. Gee, that got me. Yep. <laughs> just just on for zero. Um, clearly the best handicap rating horse. Obviously comes through the right races, but a 90 handicap rater, 20 handicap points higher than number two, Andy Grand, carries the same weight. So if he is here in and the market might tell you at betfair.com.au, if he's here with a bit of market support, I'll be with him. I think the weights can get in the bin. Because Especially with these lightly raced three-year-olds. Yeah, I guess so. Never again ran in that gold Vovis race a couple of weeks ago. He was 31 points um, disadvantaged to El Patroness. So basically like he couldn't get near and he got beat two and a half lengths. So yeah. I think you can look into both. But I guess in your own age group would certainly make a bit of a difference. But, but they still have so much upside, these horses, as well. So they mm -hmm. haven't found their mark. It's yeah. more important if they were five or six-year-olds and yeah. had 20 runs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think Mood's... 
you query the, the, the fitness with Moons, but I, I, he wouldn't have missed this horse. If, if this was the race they were going for, he'll certainly be there fit enough. Willow jumps on. Middle draw, I think they'd want to be a bit closer than what they've been lately mm. um, without, you know, getting him out and having him do too much early. But there's a huge price discrepancy between him and Loco um, for what they were last yep. last start. Loco had absolutely every chance. He needs these blinkers to win a race because he obviously is struggling to put one away properly. I think even when he watched it, he win his maiden at uh, Packham. Oh, he actually won well there, sorry. I was thinking he struggled to even put a maiden field away. He looked like he'd been running up to them, not going past. So... At the price discrepancy, yeah, I was happy to go Red Sun Sensation his way. Yep. Well, let's move on to the feature on the card, boys. Race number nine, the Group 1 Australasian Oaks for the three-year-old fillies, 2,000 metres. Glint of Hope won this race last year. And uh, and in 2010, Dean Holland rode his first Group 1 on small minds for John Thompson in this race. Uh, it's quite hard to line them up here, boys, for, for mine. Uh, the top four in the market, which I'll go through quickly, um, just bring different form lines. Uh, she's fit around 650 for for Daniel Morton is is aptly named because she's seventh run this preparation been racing in very good order in Western Australia winner of the WA Oaks before placing in the WA um, Derby or Derby as they say over there you've got to be very tread very carefully <laughs> with Western Australians around that language um, Arts at seven bucks won the Adrian Knox on heavy going then Ed Cummings paid up for a seven day backup in the Australian Oaks. Does she need rain-affected ground? That <coughs> might be a question I'll have you answer, Tommy. Um, a fair receive. Uh, whoever named this horse should be sent a please explain. Um, I think, you know... We Swear got, suave or something. Uh, it's, a, it's a sieve. I actually, listen, I actually listened to the bloke from First Light Racing today and I can assure Brett Davis butchered it last start. Um, <laughs> Won a maiden, two back, and then ran an enormous peak figure in the, peak, in the <laughs> Port the Adelaide through. Guineas Shit. last start um, <laughs> in the right camp. I'm going to go over and cry today, too. Well, it's just, just let me work through my gear here, all right? Um, in the right camp of Kiramar and David uses to improve again. Uh, I believe, actually, a fair receive means a case to follow in French. There you go. There's the translation. Uh, Jenny Lala at eight bucks is on the fourth line of betting. Same camp. Um also requires a bit of a please explain. Say that 10 times real fast. But last start winner of the Auraria Stakes, Tommy, over to you. Yeah, well, obviously, Jenny Lala beat most of these last start in that form line. Um, beat Aruga Mama, Amphina, Raven, more reward, rich result, ran eighth. Is it the right form race? That's what you've got to work out. If it is, Jenny Lala's the only horse I want to be on, unless maybe Raven gets a start, but I don't think she will, uh, third emergency. So Jenny Lala was 13 up to 800 metres there. Um, big ask off a 17 days break and did what she did. She was fantastic. She won superbly given the negatives. Uh, draws well, hard to beat. Um, I, she's fits, fascinates me. Hasn't got the ratings at all to suggest that she's anywhere near um, this lot, but she's been running well. She's fit. Um, her win two back, she couldn't have run ratings because they just absolutely walked there. It was a race, the query is she didn't exactly charge home. She ran just slightly faster than benchmark, class benchmark home off a ridiculously slow tempo. So that's a little query. Stable, know how to tra uh, travel their horses really well. Um, she's rock hard fit. You go back three back at 2,200 metre win, um, might be a better gauge, a better gauge. She won well. She brings good form, upside, good jockey, fitness. She ticks the boxes. She fascinates me. Arts is another one that can play. I just have no idea what to do with Arts. You forgive that second up run, mm. she could be a really good horse. Uh, obviously, you go two back. 
off that Adrian Knox wing, she could be an absolute superstar. Mm. And then she was just playing last start, what back about, in distance. What now. about from a track perspective? Like she obviously just got through that going in the Adrian Knox and it was all pointing, she, she's a swimmer. Correct. Correct. So she could be an absolute swimmer mm. and it could she could just need a bog to prove, prove her best. But yeah, I just don't know what to do with her. I'll, I'll be playing one, two and three. One of those three, I think, wins. I just don't know which way I'm going yet. Yep, I'm completely staying out of this race from a betting perspective. Yeah, same um, myself. here. Myself, yeah. Yeah, it's too too hard. Can you boys? How do you pronounce a ten? Aruga Mama. Yeah. yeah. Was should it be twenties? Uh, Considering think it ran on well I, behind. It ran on well behind Jenny Lala. Yeah. I just think Jenny Lala off that, what she did to win that start. She was thirteen to eighteen, off a seventeen day break. It was pretty hard to do. I know the, the stable do it well, but so you think she can platform from there on? I think she has to go to the next. Yep. Level. If if she won that race, and I said I previewed the race, at the time, if she won that race, they the got the horses behind her won't beat her yeah, okay. again. Yep. and that's mm -hmm. how I'm seeing it. I and obviously, I'll, the markets. I remember that. Yeah, yep. it's good. <laughs> Just on a side note too, $500,000 prize money. Like, not to be sneezed at, but when you've got four Group 1s only in Adelaide. Like and you're part in the SAJC. Well, you look at... <laughs> you look at the little dance in the little dance in Sydney. This is the race for the this yeah. is the race for the horses that don't make the big dance. That's five hundred thousand, and you got a bloody seven hundred and seventy five thousand slot race in Rockhampton. So if you got you know you want to pump your group ones up in your status. So, so you want to give more money to this field? Well, you get a better field if you get better money. I don't. I'm not sure you would. Okay. I'm not sure you. <laughs> They're would all that. tied. <laughs> they are. I'm tired doing the form for this race. Jeez, oh, my lay bin is getting full. I need to top, <laughs> dry out the bag and, and take it out. Like. No, I just, I just like to bring things up as they come to mind, Tom. That's what it's <laughs> it all just about. his mind as <laughs> they yep, pop up. Exactly right. <laughs> um, that rounds out our card at Morfittville. It's time now for our back to school segment. This is where everyone gets to learn a little bit about um, everything great that Betfair has to offer. And, and today we're going to focus on in-play trading. And Tom, first of all, straight off the top, what is in play trading? Uh, yeah, we're talking about horse racing mainly. Now, Betfair allows you to bet in play. So um, when you have a bet before jump, um, you can actually have the option to say keep in play, mm. close at jump. If you keep in play, the race and the odds will stay there as the race runs. You can also bet in play. There are different platforms to use. You can use third-party apps. You've got Bet Angel Grass that help you in increase the speed, you can bet in play as well. So great tools. You'll find people on the track, you'll find people listening to radio, um, at home watching Sky Channel, whatever it might Hopefully be. Not with Terry calling. <laughs> well, the radios, that's, it actually highlights the importance of race calls as well for people Then you probably mm. don't actually um, appreciate how much in race calls, how important they are. Um, there's so many different options, there's so many different strategies. Um, a common one is to, to, if you know who's going to lead a race, they usually trade a little bit shorter in the run so you can mm -hmm. back them before the jump. If they find the front, they might trade an $8 shot, might trade $6 if it finds the front. Stuff like that. Alternatively, if you've got a back marker and you know it's going back, you might get a couple of points mm -hmm. longer just because it's going back anyway. Yep. So you can be smart about it that way and take the price in play at a couple of points longer. Um, there's different ways to do it. A lot of people think in-play trading or in-play betting is literally taking a dollar ten, a dollar twenty, a dollar thirty about the winner at the two hundred. Everyone has different strategies. You can do that. I've heard from a couple of in-play guys that bet early in races just based on map. So mm -hmm. they look at how horses have mapped, alternative to how they think they're going to map. Take the price then. Just be smart about it. There's there's also different ways to skin a cat. Yep, it's very difficult 
to um, be able to do off the screens as well, particularly with streaming now. I'm about a furlong and a half behind. It is tough. In, uh, and on uh, on my streaming service, so I wouldn't be able to do it. Even further, and it's yeah. it's been a huge issue for a lot of people. And it's, would you recommend not doing it if you're doing off a screen? It is hard. Yeah. Because um, you got to be pretty quick with your hands too, don't you? Be quick with the hands. That's the beauty of Bet Angel and Grass and third make party. That make it quicker. Yep. You can actually set up your screen so you can bet yep. quicker. Um, it is hard. It is hard now. It's on course. Channel, best way to do it. Well, nothing faster than yeah. watching it with your eye. Yep. Um, your screens at pubs and clubs are quick because they get a commercial feed. Right. You've also got on track. The live feed on track is quick as well, so you can actually watch the screens on track as well as the races mm. as well. So. So many different ways to make money. Um, you could just do it without watching and just, as in, just do it off map. Yep. Yeah. Great insight, Tommy. And, uh, well, that rounds out our back-to-school segment. We'll head to Sandown Hillside now, where I expect to see Tom with his binoculars in the stands this week with his in-play trading all up to scratch. And uh, weather and track conditions, rail is uh, plus three currently a good four. Some showers on the drive here. I don't know what this all means. Tommy, tell me how the track's playing. Should be okay. Uh, one to six mil forecast in the day, I believe, as well. So if you get six mil, it might be a soft. If it gets one, it might be fine. Uh, expect Hillside to play pretty fair. Lakeside's a bit later-ish. Hillside to play fair. So um, big straight, fair track. It's a good surface to bet on. Yep. Well, let's get straight to race number eight, which is the, the listed VRC St. Ledger <coughs> for the three-year-olds. Over 3,000 metres. Allegron won the race last year. Through Irish Eyes, one in 2021, and Sacramento in 2020. Um, now, respectfully, this is probably the worst edition of the St. Ledger I've ever seen. Um, you've got Midnight Glow at the top of the market for um, John Salinitri around 3.30. Roaring Engine uh, for Danny O'Brien and Jai McNeil. That combination are no strangers to winning at 3,000 metres and beyond, and then winning bid at six bucks sort of round out the top three in the market. Boys, talk me through a three-year-old 3,000 metre race. What are some things that you want to see in the lead up to be able to confidently get involved as a punter? And uh, Reese, what sort of boxes are they ticking at home for oh them boy. to be successful in this type of race? I'd love someone to put up a market on how many of these will actually finish. Um, <laughs> this would be a good we'll one. We'll see what I can do. You, you, just mentioned, you just mentioned Danny O'Brien and Jai McNeil. This horse ran fourth at Kite and three starts ago. I had one that ran second in it, in a 58. This is how bad well, this Why race. isn't yours running here? Because it's six. <laughs> Might have something to do with it, mate. <laughs> this is for three-year-olds. <laughs> well, we sat him back down pretty quick. Oh, I didn't mind that. Uh, yeah, tough race. They're all coming through similar form lines. Uh, yeah, hard to get involved here. Well done to whoever wins it. You're doing well. Whether they win another race after this, you'd probably say no. Um, so I'm happy to hand it over to Tom and see if he can do something better with this race. The favourite's three dollars thirty. It's one one race from thirteen starts. Mm. A banana maiden over sixteen hundred mm. meters. Uh, yeah. How can how is this possibly a listed race? I I might get out of the track and give these a run for the money. You would. You're pretty fit. Yeah. You could run three thousand. I thought he was knocking up the other night. Yeah. Oh, three minute case. You thought he was knocking up? Yeah, I thought there might have been. He's changing the umpiring. Well, Please. when at <laughs> gather Please. round, I invited him out after, and he was too gassed. <laughs> Didn't come. Had a big one. Just on the field. The body. He's, Look he's too tired. Mid thirties now, boys. It doesn't. <laughs> it gets a bit harder as you get older. Believe it or not. Um, I've got right? no idea here. I was going to say, does that to... wrap up that race? <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. We're well, done. Well, I'm 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 not because if we're going to sit here and pot it, let's actually, you know, put our money where our mouth is. So I'm going to have a lay. Good. Oh, bet there, in yes, this I like race. this. I like so this. So I'm going to lay winning bid to place. 
at around, I think, two, two bucks, two twenty on the fair, somewhere there. Um, she's by Fastnet Rock. Now, you don't see too many... This is a good um, narrative of, from you. You don't see too many of his progeny get out over the 3,000, over the 3K mark. you got those mark. stats, have you? I do. 1.5% <laughs> of runners get out over 2,400 and 0.6% of those go on to be winners. So oh, I man. like... I like those odds, Reese. So I think <laughs> don't confuse slow horses with wanting further. This horse will not get the trip. Um, I'm going to lay winning bid to place in the St. Ledger. Brilliant from you. Can't wait to crop that up. That is yeah. brilliant from you. Yeah. yeah. Um, race number nine, boys, is the listed anniversary vase. Are you going with vase or vase? Vase. Okay. Can I just make a suggestion? If you, if you do want to bet in that mm. St. Ledger, not a bad strategy. Just lay a few things, lay the th- top three favourites and cheer the rest on. What about betting in play? We can bet in play, bet the leader, mm. um, whatever you might want to do. But mm. oh, you could. That's the beauty of Betfair and Lane because I'll probably do that. Yep. Stuff taking $283 about a horse. You can see, see one of the half mile yeah. pulling up to a trot. Well, <laughs> do it now. $3. Uh, the favourite's $3.30. It's one of 1,600 metre Banana Maiden. Yeah. We're going on a listed race over 3,000. To be Just fair, I'm it. struggling to win one of them, so I probably shouldn't talk. There'll be a few <laughs> ear massages going on a K out, I'm sure. Uh, race number nine, boys, the listed anniversary vase, 1,400 metres. Regards, Marie won the race last year. Uh, Bill Ryan's mare, still a star, won in 2021 for Tassie, represent and Guizo in 2020. Um, Cardinal Gem here is your race favourite for Graham Begg. Last start winner, goes up six kilos on that run, but is a 1,400-metre specialist. Mega Mia on the second line of betting gets her opportunity at listed level. Um, Lady of Honour at 750 is ready to peak third up. Cherry Tortoni, also the same price there, will be rattling home first up for Paddy Payne. And um, there's always going to be a little bit of speed injected in a race when you've got the likes of Buffalo River and Lady of Honour. How are you seeing this one unfold, Tommy? Yeah, Buffalo River probably needs the rain to come. Um, Imperial Lad rocks, works cross from barrier 11. Lady of Honour kicks up, keeps them honest, and Soldier of Love just slots in the 1-1, I think. Uh, Bermudez is a horse with a bit of speed as well that could put a bit of pressure on from out wide. Uh, tough race for me. I'm interested. I went looking for Mega Mia down the bottom there. Uh, looks set to peak third up. Did enough last start. Cardinal Gem. Barrier 1's a little concern for me. How the track's playing come race nine's going to be a key uh, interest. I think one of those two win. I, I reckon Mega Mia's the play at the moment, mm-hmm. but I'm not a, not too keen to dive into Reese. Yeah, with you there. Uh, I think she's going to get the beautiful run. She should be probably three pairs back outside Cardinal Gem and yes, have Cardinal yep. Gem where Joy McNeil will want to have Cardinal Gem where he can make a move where he wants. She drops five kilos of weight, gets down to the minimum third up. Second run at the 1400, she was under two lengths behind Varen Scova first up, where she was very good. Um, she battled all the way out the line with good and proper with the big weight. She uh, she looks to set the peak in this race. She handles all track conditions. Um, so, yeah, that type of price, you're happy to go each way with her. I think you'd be pretty safe there. Yep. I'm going to back Lady of Honour in this race, boys. I, I just think this is a much more suitable race. Last start in that Victoria handicap, <coughs> we saw a ridiculous early tempo up top with the likes of Buffalo River, Callsign Mav, Forbidden City, um, and out of all those speed influences, Lady of Honour was the one that stuck on and, and was super. Now, Cardinal Gem uh, and Frankie Pino, who finished first and second respectively in that Victoria handicap, they benefited from that tempo. So Lady of Honour, she's third up here, ready to peak, gets three and a half kilos off Cardinal Gem from that run. I think it's a really good bet. And in saying that, I'm going to lay Cardinal Gem in this race as well. So I'm going to double down. Uh, I think he's toxic at $3.30. Um, got the gun run last start behind that hot tempo uh, as th- that I just mentioned. Drawn the paint, so we'll need some luck in running. Up six kilos on that start. 
uh, if it is a good track, has never won on mm. good going as well. I was just about If we're on a good four, well, you're going to have to tick that box and as well. And probably so. have to drift in the market if the yeah. day rain comes. But at 3.30, that's a lay for me, boys. I like that. Yeah. Going for the hamburger with a lot. It mm. is the hamburger with a lot. See if you can pull it off. Yeah, low-carb bread, I reckon, for me. Takes just, a good man to pull off watch, a hamburger. Watching myself. Um, <laughs> that rounds out the two um, the two listed races at... Uh, at Sandown, boys. So we'll head to Rose Hill. No one could see that. Yes. Yeah, so, well, they could if they're watching on <laughs> Spotify video or on the Betfair website. Uh, Rose Hill Gardens now. Uh, weather and track conditions. Rail in the true. I didn't check this morning. It was a soft six last night. Bit of rain to hit race day, which is always a concern, Tommy. Yeah, perfect uh, weather leading into Saturday, but some showers forecast at Bureau of Meteorology just sitting on the fence again, obviously. Uh, a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> Whack. <laughs> a little bit different to... I thought we'd leave that to Nick to do that. Yeah. Whack so the drive-by, so I'll leave that to the experts. Uh, Randwick gets more rain than Rose Hill at the Parramatta Way, but I think it's 1 to 20 mil. So we could get How 1, good? we could get 20 on Saturday. Who knows? Typical Sydney. Um, even when they don't predict rain, it rains. So. It's a fair sample size, <coughs> that, isn't it? Yeah. 1 to 20. Well, at Correct. least the bloke's covering his base. Yeah. He, <laughs> he can't is. be wrong, I surely. can't lose here. If they get zero, he's in a power <laughs> strike. <laughs> zero or 30. <laughs> <laughs> lose his job. Uh, interestingly, they haven't raced at Rose Hill since March 25, so it has been over a month now. I reckon it'll be on speed, especially if the rain doesn't come. Um, on speed is from the shoot as well. Inside barriers up on speed might be favoured early, uh, and the shoot starts, but watch the rain, watch the pattern throughout the day. So no black type to cover at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday. We'll take a look at three uh, benchmark races. And race number five is a benchmark 88. Over the 1,200 metres, you've got Kips Bay, Hellfest, Foulmaster, Dashing Legend and Fox Fighter. It's pretty much six bucks the field. Thomas, how's it unfold? Thomas, uh, against <coughs> Kips Bay here, uh, as favourite, just at the price. Can uh -huh. win, but just, I think, shouldn't be favourite. Nice gelding, good racing pattern, winning strike rate, ticks a lot of boxes, does have to carry Kara McAvoy. Uh, he had one at Hawkesbury, didn't he? He's actually... Was that provincial during the week? Yeah, he's, no. he's, he might be warming up. I don't know, getting himself ready for the, another Everest. Couldn't get colder. Um, <laughs> barrier 10. Oh, I don't want to back him as favourite coming off a fifth of nine at Eagle Farm. That's my concern. Did a bit wrong, slowly away last time. Looks short enough against some nice horses. Fox fired a quick backup, paraded beautifully last start. Last Saturday, I had something on each way and naturally runs fourth. Um, quickest, fastest final 600 metres, uh, fastest final 600 metres of the day and 200 metres of the day last start. So, savage the line up to 1200 metres suits, brilliant return. I just want to see, I just mentioned the track pattern, 1200 yeah. metres. Like, you may get a race five, may have no chance. So, mm -hmm. um, just watch that closely. Dashing Legends, the other one I can make a case for as their master as well. So, I'm against Kips Bay, Lane Kips Bay, Dashing Legend. Maps well, up on speed, race fit, will be around the mark. Mm. Probably your one by three play if, you, if you're keen on something to play, so you'll run well. Valmaster, the other one, J-Mac on, but looks short enough for me for a horse that hasn't done a lot. A lot of potential, hasn't won for a while, but yeah, that's how I'm seeing the race against Kips Bay. Yeah, I'm backing on that potential of Valmaster. Horse who won his first two in Victoria, so I've had a little bit of a tag on him to follow him. He's been, fair to say, fairly disappointing since. Trolled the house down, I thought, in both trolls. Has done that throughout his career. Yeah, well. and but interestingly enough, this must be the type of horse he's, he's been trolling in earmuffs, and he will race in earmuffs. Mm. Um, but generally, they're a gear change that can almost switch a horse off too much, but he's still well and truly into the bridle with them on. So they'll definitely have to ride him somewhat quiet, maybe just try and blend in 
and find a spot. So you've probably got to be careful on how the track's playing um, and whatnot. But if he shows up at his best, he's certainly going to give a race like this um, a good shake. Uh, I think he opened up double figures too. So you're obviously not interested in the price, but considering the money come early when markets went up, he might maybe get out a little bit more later on the it's day. The J-Mac tax early in yeah, the week, I think. that's mm. right, yeah. And, you know, he, visually he is going very well. You've got to see him do it. Um, I reckon he got gelded, might have been before last, probably had that big layoff, 87 mm. weeks off, and he might have been gelded, came back last week. I would have loved to have seen him win a race before yep. diving in. Yeah, mm. and you would probably, you look at his form and all his forms on good ground, he's only had one heavy track run. I don't think the track will get to heavy, and his two trials have been the five and a six, so he has got yep. through softish ground. So um, might maybe wait until late, see what the track's doing, and see what price he gets to, but I think he's the horse with the most ability in the race. Yep, it sounds like we're all sort of sitting on the fence a little just to wait how the track's playing, which I think's fair given how Rose Hill profiles when there is some rain around. And, I, and I'm going to be doing the same with Hellfest for uh, James Cummings. Um, yeah, sit and watch just because she's drawn one. I'm not sure where Rails in Run gets if uh, if there's a bit of rain, but she's a ripping mare for Godolphin. She struggled with any continuity in her racing to date, but she can produce a big figure fresh. So. Uh, I am concerned with that potential rain around on race day. Um, she has won on a six before, but she's drawn one. If the inside chops up, I think she's cast. But I'll sit on that and, uh, and I'll wait and see um, when we get to race five, fellas. Uh, race number six is a benchmark 88 over 1,800 metres. It's a tricky looking benchmark 88. This I'm interested to see how they sort out their order um, here over the 1,800 because there looks to be a little bit of speed on paper. You've got Navajo Peak... Um, quality Time, Ida, Lakeen, Silent Agenda, Mystery Shot and Shameless Miss. They can all go forward. So um, even warning from one will probably want to be positive too, Tommy. How, how did you sort of read that? This is an awful race. Mm. <laughs> this is probably, uh, okay, as, as, as captain of the layback team, I probably have to put my hand up here for putting this one in the run sheet, fellas. I wrote in my notes, not sure why we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Someone, great had to show a little, someone had to show a little bit of initiative and, and fill the, the sheet out, which, which I captain. did. So um, I'm not betting. But there is a winner in every race. Now, <laughs> I reckon not, Navajo... Not, not that, that 3,000 metre three. No. Sam, <laughs> um, not your six-year-old. <laughs> Navajo Peak, I think, is the speed in the race. I think leads, there might not be any chases. Literally, there might not be anything that is good enough for the turn of foot to come out of the pack and, and beat Navajo Peak. His horse with really winning form, upside, has tactical speed. He could lead, and as I said, he'll be up there on the bunny, and there might not be anything coming out of the pack to, to run home. He's a deserved favourite. I went looking for Solar Apex, now fit a second up. Joe Marrera on inside barrier. Strong between the four and the two last start. Peaked late, second up, four weeks off. I like that profile for this horse. But Ida ties in and has since been pretty poor. So that put a negative spin on that. Honey Creep is the other one. Hasn't won since, like, COVID. Um, <laughs> done some good stuff in her career, but doesn't win often. Um, coming off some stronger races, I went looking for her too. So if I'm keen to play Navajo Peak, maybe watch the market, mm. Waller, Solar Apex and Honeycreeper. I went looking for Navajo Peak, but just, you know, with the speed engaged, Barrier 12, Karen, that you touched on last race, Karen, it, was, yeah. it was a bit of a... He's got the favourites in bit race of, five and six. It's a bit of a Karen. red pen for me. Reese, are you getting involved? Oh, no, leave me out of this. There's 13 runners, 10 of them haven't placed their last start. <laughs> two, two of the three that have placed are double figures, so that leaves you with Navajo Peak. Um, with a great McAvoy on it. Um, interesting. He's just got to stay on. <laughs> interesting um, Solar Apex. Just knowing Chris Waller's profile yes. with what he does with horses. No trials in between 
the run you mentioned being over a month ago. I thought that was interesting. I think uh, maybe a busy horse that keeps itself fit. I also think this horse goes well fresh, mm. um, and I think this like she hasn't won for a long time. But this is his go, right? Second up, freshen up inside barrier. Just watch market. If there's any money, yeah. I'll be yeah. jumping on. Cool. Uh, race number nine is a benchmark 100 over 1,400 metres. Well, this is the last race we'll uh, cover at Rose Hill, and this is the best race on an otherwise average Rose Hill Gardens <laughs> card, I think, fellas. But, uh, hey, you can't start forever. We've been, uh, we've been a bit negative here, but we have been treated to some outstanding group racing mm. at Randwick across the championships, and what goes up must come down. So, um, you know, they, those days allow us to have these ones. But... Uh, Democracy Manifest here is your race favourite ahead of Joe Pride's Coal Crusher at five bucks. Always gives a sight. Loves the sting out of the deck. Then you get out to Wild Planet and Cotele is, I think, is the correct pronunciation yep. at nine fifty and ten bucks there, respectively. Uh, are you boys keen to get involved? Yeah, race. Um, I was the Democracy Manifest. Got was my get out of stakes. Was it two weeks ago? Mm. God bless. Going to go around him this time, and I think Wild Planet with J-Mac on is a very good bet. Um, if you go back not too far long ago, he ran fourth in the, the gong behind Riadini, fourth behind Old Flame. Uh, he, look, he is a little bit of a non-winner in older age, but J-Mac on soft draw, um, he gets through soft ground at that type of price. It's just the J-Mac factor really interests me. I feel like he didn't have many options in this race, and he's actually pinpointed one that you know, he's probably left the field for him. He doesn't ride a stack for Hawks. Um, he's going to get the right run and just happy to be on each way. Typical each way bet for me. One by one by three. Are you going to save anything, Democracy? Or mm -hmm. just oh, maybe on the day. Maybe yeah. on the day, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the market plays. And then, obviously, late in the day, we're going to know how the track's playing as well. It Look, it was a good win, Democracy Manifest, but he did get the right runs up the fence. Yes. Um, but he did win well, too. You couldn't take much away from him, but he certainly wasn't as if he had things go. did not be in his favour, and he still put them away. So just at the prices, I was typical me, happy to go with the one with a bit of value. No, I don't mind it. I will tip Democracy Manifest on top. Tips himself. He's hard to get past. Made him a special first up, and glad you found him as well. Ducked up the inside. Perfect run of transit, and as you mentioned, uh, he did run the fastest final 200 metres of the day, second fastest 200 of the day, um, sorry, fastest final 400, second fastest final 200. Marrera sticks with him. Marrera's become almost the go-to for Waller mm. at the moment. J-Mac might be on, a, on the nose a bit. Um, he's a winner second up in He'll the past. He's shaking in his boots. 1,400 metres suits. Uh, he might be a better freshie. Um, mm. He's won four from five first mm. up, Democracy Manifest, but he tried well. I think he's a great order. I don't want to lose if he wins. I'm with you. I think Wild Planet ticks so many boxes. Now, I'm laying Cole Crusher. I don't think Cole Crusher can win. Uh, cruised around in front last time, went seven lengths slower than Benchmark on the 600, just walked, had every opportunity. Wild Planet could not do any more mm. than he did. Um, he is known for doing that Wild Planet, though. He is. He goes through his he record. Is. Are you set on a Cole Crusher lay bet if the track's playing leaderish, though? No, and that's why it's hard tipping on a Thursday yeah. for a Saturday. Uh, 400 metres is a bit different. If this was a shoot start, I'd be very nervous. And I don't like laying leaders at the best of times, cause, mm. um, especially late in the day. But as you said, Wild Planet ran 23-8 home final 400 metres. He's second up fitter, gets J-Mac, 400 metres. He ticks so many boxes now. The J-Mac factor does interest me. Um, 
I want to have something him, and I don't want to lose if Democracy Manifest wins the race. I'll be having a Tommy Two play, and that's with fingers crossed. Yep. If they're making grand, I think Democracy Manifest is the best bet on the card at uh, Rose Hill. Um, yep. Excellent return, as you mentioned, Tommy. Tick, second up to 1,400. Tick, drawn seven with Tempo Engage. Tick, and the Magic Man. Tick, I think it's a really good bet, Democracy Manifest. So that's where I'll be playing if they're running on at Rose Hill. Uh, rounds out our preview so far, fellas. So we might head into our best backs and our best lays for the weekend. And Reese, we're going to start with you today. Um, oh, best, I know. We'll start. We'll go around our best backs, then we'll go around our best lays. Okay, no problem. What is my best back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting one. This one left the field. Geelong tomorrow. A nice little maiden that I've had uh, a little bit to do with. Private Jumbo. What are we? Race two, number seven. Prices aren't up yet. I'm. Thinking he won't go up much of a price. He ran a slashing. He's still a maiden. He ran a slashing second um, in one of those Gold Vobis races two weeks ago um, where weights weren't in his favour whatsoever. Um, I'm guessing he's probably going to be... If he's anything north of $2, you're doing very well. Um, even, yeah, I'd probably just wait and see if he can get close to $2. But he's, he's going to be very hard to beat from a nice draw, that's for sure. My boy Bowie Merton's on board mm, as well. Um, Tommy, your best back for the weekend, mate? Pretty bullish in the same race we just touched on. Democracy, democracy Manifest and Wild Planet. I think one of those two win, and that's how I'll be attacking the race. I'm keen in the Breeders' Stakes at Morfittville, Treasure Way, Causation and Stupendous. You're getting about... $5, $8, and $15 for those three. Bracket mm -hmm. those up. Lay heuristics, my lay of the day. Yep. Same race. Perfect. Um, Eagle Farm race number eight, the Group 2 Victory Stakes, is going to be my best bet on the weekend with Private Eye at about 240. Mm -hmm. So the Everest runner-up stepping out at Group 2 level in Brizzy looks just so well-placed under weight for age conditions. 1.9 lengths off in secret in the new market, giving her 6.5 kilos. And then just a big forgive run for me in the TJ. I think he just beats these. Is that uh, Eagle Farm? Yes, say? Eagle Farm. Yeah. Yep, correct. The weather good up there? Uh, yes, at the moment. Yeah, well, they scratched him from yeah, the ground. but it's such a it's such a good drawing track. Oh, yeah, yeah, farm. On so, yeah I, I think I think it'll race good. Um, there, uh, my best lays for the weekend, as discussed in the show, um, Cardinal Gem at Sandown for all those reasons, and then in the St Ledger, uh, winning bid to place is my other lay. Like it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Morphville, race eight, number three, Loco. Just way too short for a horse that had every chance last start. He does get the blinkers. He's going to need them, and he's going to need Ollie to get him over the line. So I thought it around the sort of 250 mark. Happy to lay him. Well done, boys. It's been a bit of fun today. I'm sorry for getting on the defensive early and being a little bit angry. I think you guys have already lifted your leadership qualities as the show's gone Don't on. Well, the now. way you talked us down, we couldn't have got any worse. <laughs> I was just trying to just make sure I can come back next week and you guys forgive me. Um, hey, all the best this weekend. As always, gamble responsibly and uh, looking forward to joining um, the A-team again, hopefully, next week. We've got the, next we got week, Warnable, so. so it's we're touch and go at the moment. We'll work it out. God knows as, where we'll end up. As the week goes on. But uh, yeah. have a great week, everyone, and uh, and all the best. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.